0: I've been blessed to uh, have a little bit of a break from preaching the last couple of weeks, which, I'll be honest with you, is nice and uh, needed from time to time. I'm not so good at taking the breaks, not because I don't have people that would give me the breaks, but just because I'm just dumb like that sometimes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even it's a silly thing, but even just singing a minute ago, I just tell my voice. My voice has been kind of in and out for a while. I can tell it's better than it's been in a while, so I'm thankful for that. Um So, uh, this morning, we're going back to the book of Mark. You ready for that? Let's do it. You got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to the book of Mark, and uh, we're going to chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one gladly. And uh, you can keep it if you don't own one, or you can just follow along. Either way, we'd love for you to have one. Uh, Just raise your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. How many? I, I'm gonna look up sometime. Like how many different rap songs start with that? And like maybe I'll start like using one every once in a while. No, but uh, for a get one if you need it. Uh, we'd love for you to keep it if you if you don't have one. Um, we're going to the Book of Mark, the end of book, uh, end of chapter four. Um, and um, so we've been walking through the Book of Mark together for a little while now. And, uh, a little bit of a break from it, but uh, I think I think you'll come back to this with me today uh, as we're picking up on still kind of a day in the life of Jesus, where he is he's already dealt with a whole bunch of stuff that we have studied about. We've seen uh, the Pharisees saying that he uh, is from Beelzebub, and you know basically like he's for, that they're they're claiming he's from the devil, and uh, you know because they're they're all wigging out about you know him coming in here and. Doing all this crazy stuff, and they're afraid that he's right. And, you know, it's, he's teaching things that are kind of contrary to things that they've taught in the past. And so they're, uh, they're, they're about to lose their minds. And, and so you had that going on. Uh, you've got uh, Jesus' family, like, looking for him, like, trying to hunt him down. They, they think that maybe he's lost his mind, you know. So he's dealt with that in, in the same day. And then in the same day, he's, he's taught parables about uh, soils and seeds. And if you remember, like, that's like three or four messages of stuff right there, because, like, I mean, Jesus spread that junk out. I mean, like, we got soils, we got mustard seeds, we got, we got all kinds of stuff going on uh, with all of that. And so Jesus had a day, and, and he was ending it with teaching from the boat. If you remember, like, he's, he's, he's out you know, on, on, on the lake and all this, and, you know, and he's literally teaching from the boat, and so you can imagine kind of like his voice carrying, uh, you know, uh, off the water and, you know, people on the shore and, you know, that kind of thing, and, uh, and so then we, we, come up, uh, we come up to, to this, this little thing, and, and this little thing reminded me of a song, reminded me, uh, the this, this situation that we have here reminded me of a song. Anybody, anybody ever listened to The Doors? We got any Doors fans in here? date a few of you, you know, some of you are like, what, the doors, okay, oh, so, that's so weird, uh, and so, like, so many of you act like you don't know, uh, no, there's a song called Riders on the Storm, and, uh, you know, Riders on the Storm, yeah. nope, and uh, that's for another day. Those are for volunteer appreciations. Uh, And uh, and so, uh, but no, uh, so Riders on the Storm, you know, this this song Jim Morrison wrote, which is kind of an an eerie song. And and oddly enough, there's a whole lot of, like, I can, like, geek out a little bit about some Jim Morrison stuff. Not that you really care. First of all, he owned a 67 Shelby GT500 in uh, dark blue, which he used in a movie that he made that you can actually watch on YouTube. Uh, And that car has been missing forever, and everybody's crazy about trying to find it not that you care. Um, I would love to find it uh, myself. Uh, It's like one of my favorite colors on my favorite car. Uh, But no, uh, so Morrison wrote this song uh, in kind of an eerie song, um, you know, about a uh, about a hitchhiker who was like hunting people down some and at that time like in the news and then and then and then kind of ending it with like a love song a little bit like toward his girlfriend who he was going to go live with in Paris and and again this very eerie song about like a man not possibly being able to make it without the love of his woman and all this kind of stuff and then and then the 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 week the song breaks into the top 100 on Billboard is the week he died uh, back in 1971, it's kind of kind of a crazy deal. Um, Riders on the Storm reminds it, it's it's this reminder that life is not easy. Like that there's you know that there's that there's things always coming at us. And, and, we, and we can identify with that. Like, we understand that. Like, we know that life is not e- always easy. Jobs don't always work out the way we think that they're going to. Relationships, uh, you know, I mean, uh, all, all these things. Pick your flavor. I mean, all of the things of life that, that sometimes just like, all of a sudden, just kind of like, take a turn. You know, it's like all oh, we're doing—we're doing real good, and we're going along. And all of a sudden, you know, things just kind of go nuts, and we're like, "What? What just happened?" You know, like we thought thought we had things kind of worked out and figured out, and you know, all of a sudden this and uh, and and you know, for us, we are constantly riders on a storm, and and so this passage this morning is literally that. It is literally. Uh, that. In fact, let's just read it together. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it says this. It says, On that day when evening had come, and again, remember, he's been teaching from the boat. He's literally still standing in the boat or whatever. He said to them, he's talking about the disciples, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. So kind of you kind of we've kind of got that backstory of like what he's been doing through that day, and and he's probably, you know, he, it's it's been a long day. It's been it's probably been a long several days, weeks, whatever. Uh, but anyway, he's he's like, let's let's jet. And he says, let's go to the other side. And basically, this is Jesus' way of, of, of leaving the crowds of people so that he can go get rest. Because He's Jesus, He's God, He's fully God, but He's also still fully human. And we see a little bit of His humanity here in this passage of Scripture. And it says in verse 37, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Filling. Not with love, but with water. Okay? So the boat the boat that they're in is taking on water. Well, I mean, you know, where's Jesus? You know, probably everything be okay, right? I mean, he's probably on top of this. It says in verse 38, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So storms happening, and this is not like a regular storm, this is crazy storm. Okay, crazy storm is happening. The boat is taking on water, and apparently enough... I mean, a lot of these guys that that are with him were fishermen. Remember that, right? Like, this isn't their first ride on a boat. You know, this isn't like if me and you went out and go see the dolphins or something, you know, in one of these little, you know, things in Panama City or something, you know, where we're like... And then the the boat starts to sink, and then most of us are going to be like, oh, you got some rafts or something on here? You know, what do we do, you know? I mean, apparently, it's more water than they can handle, than they can bail out of the boat. And Jesus is asleep on a cushion at the back of the boat. It says, verse 38, But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke. And he rebuked, and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. He said this to Steve. And the sea, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. There was a great calm. This, this is, this is our life right here. In fact, this, uh, as we, even, even as we continue to read this, like, uh, uh, you know, there, there's so many, I saw commentators say, you know, there's so many uh, uh, times that we read stories of like Jesus and the disciples, and the disciples like doing something, and that we're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe these disciples!" You know, it's it's you know we kind of we kind of put them into the category of like the three Stooges sometimes. You know, uh, but 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 it, but with this and continuing on, especially, I, I think that we identify with this, maybe even more so than a lot of of the things that we read about the disciples in Christ. But it goes on, it says, of course, in the wind ceased and there was a great calm after Jesus says, peace be still. In verse 40 it says, and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? We identify with that. Because that's exactly what we do all the time. We, we constantly, constantly get worried about things, don't we? In the storm of life, we constantly find ourselves in the exact situation of the disciples. Maybe not exact, but you know. We find ourselves in moments where we're going to Jesus and we're saying, Jesus, hey, uh, Jesus, are you there? Jesus, hey, do you remember me down here, Jesus? Do you, hey, Jesus, did you abandon me? Uh, you, know, you know I'm going through something right now, Jesus, right? You know about that, right? You know. Are you going to do anything? Are you taking a nap? Jesus had a long day. And we see some of his humanity here in the fact that he literally needed rest. Rest. And and apparently he needed so much rest that like when the storm came it didn't wake him up. You ever any of you any are just just out of curiosity any of you married to anybody that this is this could be them like you could like the the storm the storm could come through people break in the house and like shoot the thing up or whatever and they're going to be asleep. Who, who's married to somebody like that? Just out of curiosity, I know there's I know there's a few of them out there. Yeah, huh? That's interesting. See, there's somebody in the back right now going okay. Let's write down who. <laughs> Who that, who that was. Please, please don't do that. Uh. <laughs> so many things. Going to Adam Sandler movies in my head right now. I've got to stop. Um, so yeah, and, and so Jesus is asleep through this. He's so tired after doing all of the stuff that he's been doing and, and, and I mean, you just, you just think, I mean, the things that he has dealt with, being accused of those things and, you know, teaching all the things, I mean, I mean, he, and, and let's just say this, he wasn't just teaching about soils and seeds. He wasn't, he wasn't holding ag class, okay? G- Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God coming. That's, that's what he has spent all of this time building up to this moment doing, Is like he's, he's breaking out. You know, like this crazy stuff that is going to like just be earth-shattering for all these people to hear and for the whole world to know. Literally life-saving information about the kingdom of God coming and that it had come. There's an interesting piece to this uh, after we see Jesus you know, say that, you know, he's, you know, hey, it's time to go, let's, let's head to the other side. Uh, after we see him asleep, after we see him awake, we see, the, we see something in the disciples, they're afraid. They're afraid. And, and I, I, would, I would venture a pretty good guess that if they're afraid, like they probably have a real good reason to be afraid. You know? Um, I mean, I, you watch these shows with these guys that do all kinds of fishing and stuff. I won't get to talking about crab legs today, but I mean, you just you just see all these shows, with all these guys, and and I mean, sometimes they they're enduring like some of the craziest stuff that you, I could possibly imagine. I don't want to be on their boat. Like I, I'm looking at that, I'm like, I don't want to be on that boat, you know. Uh, and, and 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 you know, for so many of them, like they they're just they're just rolling right through it, like it's no big deal. It's just another day out on the ocean, another day out on the Bering Sea or whatever it is, you know. And 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 the truth is. Is it, that freaked me out. For these guys, these guys being skilled fishermen, to be that, to be that afraid, number one, no, it tells us that this was a serious situation. They go, they wake up Jesus. Jesus doesn't lecture them at first. He just gets up and says, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. There, I, from a little bit of studying, and I don't know a whole lot about it, uh, but the sea there is uh, like six to seven hundred feet below sea level, uh, and and so and it's and it's surrounded by these mountains, and uh, but then there's these places where wind comes off of neighboring like the Mediterranean Sea and some things like that, uh, and even the desert. And, and because of the way that that is shaped and the mountains around it, apparently it gets super windy there. And they actually have like into today, if you went there, there's like parking lots by the sea where they have signs that say, beware, leaving your car here, it may get hit by a wave. And this is up on, you know, the parking lots and stuff. But it just, it just kind of shows you, like, this is, this is a place that is known for being a crazy place. On top of that, they're, they're, going, they're, going, they're, they're going out at night. They're going across the sea at night, probably like a, a five-mile journey here across the sea. They're doing this at night when generally is the time that people would go fishing on that sea because... That would be the time when it was the calmest. It would be during the day that apparently that it's the craziest. So again, for them to be so afraid. But there's something else that I think is interesting. Because as you see Jesus say, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And that's why we know that they were afraid. He says, why are you so afraid? And they were filled, okay, so I want, you, I want you to pay attention to verse 40 and verse 41, where Jesus said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. So wait just a second. Why are you so afraid? And they were filled with great fear. There's, 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 two, there's two moments of fear. And terror happening here. Okay? So they were afraid, and, and, and reading through this, especially in other, in other translations, even a little more clear, we see that before the storm they were afraid, but after it they were terrified. What? Why, why in the world? I mean, I mean, Jesus, Jesus saved their bacon, right? I mean, why would they be why would they be terrified after After the storm, I mean, Jesus is with him, he saved the day. All that, I mean, why? Well, I think if you keep reading, I think it kind of starts to make sense. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Okay, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this? What they are struck with fear about is the fact that in this moment they're having a realization i mean they've been hearing him teach some of these things and all that and and you know and all that. but but there's just this moment where they realize oh my gosh this guy that's with us he just told the sea to settle it down and they're like we can't calm the sea But we sure as heck can't calm the guy who calms the sea. Like, there's no control over it. There's definitely no control over him. And he's in the boat with us, and we're traveling with him, and we're supposed to be learning from him and and, and trying to figure out this thing of life from him. And they're scared, they're terrified. They're terrified. So many moments in our lives, as we go through storms, we feel abandoned. I I, I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. I generally, I I sat with a friend this week that is really struggling with their marriage, really struggling with what's going on, and, you know, and, I let him talk for a long time, and we talked about a whole lot of things. They've had a whole lot of struggles in their life. They've had a whole lot of things come against them. Uh, Finances—I mean, just the just the list is so long, so long. And I have watched them on and off, like like for many of us. This is not a judgmental statement. I love this guy. He's like a brother. Um, On and off, I have watched them, like so many of us, struggle with seeking the Lord on some kind of like consistent Consistent level, consistent plane of any kind whatsoever. It's been kind of like you know, uh, when things go wrong, then we need to go see what Jesus wants us to do. Kind of more of an approach, and he and he would agree with that. He would, when we so I let him talk for a long time, and then I talked about some of that with him, and I just said, you know, I just keep seeing, I keep seeing you guys like you begin to grow in the Lord, and and then and it's like you unplug, and life is too busy, and so then I, I just like you guys just go missing. And I was like, and man, we were created needing community with other people that are seeking the gospel and seeking Jesus together. And, and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just watching you guys struggle. I said, And, and I said, man, I'll just be honest with you, you, you are called to be the spiritual leader of your home. As the man of your house, you're called to be the spiritual leader of your home that, that, you, that you, would, you would press, you would push your family to be seeking the Lord and whatever that looks like in however many different ways. And he's like, you're right. You're right. He's like, I see, I see that. I see where we've done that. I said, I, I don't know why we do that. We do it over and over. And I was like, I, you know, I said, man, I, I said, you know, I'm not beating up on you. I just love you. I was like, I want I want you, I want you to have peace and and grow in the Lord. I said, I said, and you know for a fact that God hasn't abandoned you. I said, but when we abandon him, it starts to feel that way. when everything is going wrong and life is sinking and the boat's going down and we're failing and it's hard, it's hard in those moments to not feel like we're all by ourselves. Nobody cares. That's, 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 I think that's the number one lie that Satan wants us to believe, that nobody cares. I've got a customer of mine who I don't, I don't know him hardly at all. I have started counseling him over the last two weeks. He has a bitterness with the church, the church at large, the church at large, that they have failed him, and, and, maybe, and maybe they have, um, that they have failed him in not ever reaching out to him, not ever checking on him as he's gone through some things in his life. And and he just and he just you know he and he's being he's being I don't know why in the world he's chosen to I mean other than it's just a God thing and I, I I'm at least aware of that that he's just like being open and honest with me he's like can I can I talk to you about some stuff and I'm like yeah man whatever and he's like he's like well I've got, I've got this he's and he's just being honest he's like I have he he already sees it he's like I have a bitterness toward the church where I, I haven't I haven't even been to church and I couldn't even tell you when and and he's like and and I was a, I'm a strong he said I consider myself a strong believer but I'm not even not even a part of the local church right now because I feel like in the past they just abandoned me he said and in turn I just kind of feel like everybody's abandoned me God's abandoned me all of all of this stuff and I said well the number one thing I said if you're a strong believer I said the number one thing that you probably already realize and know then is is that that's the number one thing that Satan wants you to believe is that God doesn't care and neither does anybody else I said, and and we both know, I said, if you're a strong believer, I said, then we both know, you and I both know that Scripture teaches the exact opposite of that. Exact opposite of that. Where's God? Is He taking a nap? Does He care? Jesus, when He gets done knocking the storm out, T-K-O, when he gets done knocking the storm out, what's he? What's he say? See, does, does he? Does he come back? Does he come back to the guys and's like, hey guys, hey guys, I'm so sorry. I was taking a nap. I was just so tired. I know how you guys feel, man. Sometimes in life, it's just you know, this is what this is what we want, right? I I know how you feel. I mean, sometimes life is just tough. Let me let me pat you guys on the back. Jesus doesn't say any of that. What's Jesus say? Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are you still afraid? Have you still no faith? In in this whole passage, we only have Jesus talking three times. Once is to say, hey, let's roll out and go to the other side. Secondly is to tell tell the, the sea to knock it out and the wind to knock it out. Peace be still. And then the third one is, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? He goes right to their faith. Right to their faith. So, you know, because we, 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 love, we love in these moments when we're throwing ourselves a pity party and things are rough and we feel abandoned and all that stuff to go, oh, God's left me and nobody cares and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and if I think I could just be... I, Maybe stretching a little bit. I don't know. But I think if Jesus were here with us during those moments when we're throwing those little fits and we were to say to him, Jesus, where did you go? He would say, uh, where did your faith go? Where did your faith go? Have, have, have you, why, are, why are you afraid, number one, and have you still no faith? Has God not done for us great things that we have seen Him work in, that we wouldn't believe for Him to take care of the right now? That's a big question for us. And I think for so many of us, that's the question that we're not asking a lot of days of life. Instead, we're just so focused on the pain and the hurt and the moment and the things not going as planned. And the, oh, I thought, you know, I had a pastor friend of mine tell me this like a week ago. He said, he said you know, I just really thought that by the time I was 40, I'd be at a different place in life. I thought I would have accomplished more in life. And he, one of my close friends, and, and, and I looked at him, and I just said, man, I said, you've accomplished what God's wanted you to accomplish. I said, I said, we can't look at it like that. So what about that faith? Do we have it? If not, let me, let me give you something. If not, did you know that you can pray for it? Did you know, did you know that Scripture teaches us that God will help us to believe? Did you know that God gives, Jesus gives faith to people? Maybe maybe you're at a place right now, if you were just real honest, and, and, and maybe you won't be real honest out loud with anybody right now in your life. Maybe you're afraid of what they will think of you, which by the way, they... They're not going to think bad things of you, even if they're a loved one. I'm just going to tell you, they would love for you to be honest with them about where you are with your faith. But if you're struggling with faith and your faith in Christ right now, I'm just going to tell you, it's one of those things that like, it, it is given to us. And for those of us that have great faith, I'm reminded and have been reminded as I've been studying this week that we are not to be hard on those people who do not. We should be patient with them. We should be loving with them. We should, we should be caring for them. We should have, we should have time I mean, and, and understand that this is something that comes from the Lord, that we can ask Jesus. We can ask Jesus for this thing that is a gift and not a virtue, which is faith. Faith is a huge deal for us. And, and, let, and let me just say, so if you're struggling with your faith this morning, and, and maybe today and all last week, and for the last year or three or five or whatever it is, let me just say to you right now I, I, if, you, if you keep going to church thinking that there's going to be like a sermon that, like, you know, all of a sudden like breaks it open for you, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the faith I was looking for. Now, now I can believe in Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, I can't do that for you. I can't do that for you. And in fact, if you're looking for other things to do that outside of Jesus, they can't do that for you. Only Jesus can do that for you. Faith is what faith is. It's trusting in something that you can't see. It's taking a step towards something that you've got an inkling might be it. I'm here to tell you that Jesus completely changed my life. And I can introduce you to a whole bunch of other knuckleheads that will say the same thing. There's a bunch of them right here. If if the group of people that's in this room doesn't tell you something, if if this isn't an act of God, that he could bring these people together, all of us together, and our knuckleheaded selves, I'm just telling you, it's an amazing thing. And God is to be glorified for it. And one of the things that we see is we see in this story some similarities to something else. Think think about for just a moment, like being being the disciples in the boat. Let's just just think about those guys. Let's think about them. In fact, let's think about even people they might share the story with like over the next several days after this happened. And and as they're sharing that story, and they're sharing what happened, and, and they have at that time what we know as the Old Testament, they know of those things that had been taught. So they they're going to do like this automatic comparison. That's what we do. We do automatic comparisons to, you know, I mean, you know, if you wreck you wreck your truck, you know, next thing you know like, you know, with, within a few minutes of conversation with a few other guys, somebody else is like, "Well, yeah, one time I wrecked my truck." And it becomes like a it becomes like a, "Well, I wrecked my truck worse than you wrecked your truck" type stories. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean that's that's kind that's kind of what we do. We kind of like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna one up Yeah, Well, yeah, that's pretty bad, but I'm uh, let me tell you uh, uh, this was worse in my life, you know, or whatever kind of thing. And, and 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 sometimes we don't even realize that we do that. We do we do that kind of stuff. And so I'm just thinking like as they're sharing this story, and they're looking back and they're thinking back on scripture and they're thinking about like, well, what about what about that time that God did this and God did that. And as they're piecing together even just little bits about who Jesus really is because, again, they're terrified after the storm, right? So why are they terrified? They're terrified because they're realizing that Jesus has power and control over creation, over the world, over the sea, over the wind, and as they're, as they're doing this, I can't help but believe that they wouldn't bring up the story of Jonah. Think about, think about the story of Jonah. There's so many similarities between this story and the story of Jonah. You've got, you've got both, both situations in a boat. Okay, we talk, talking about specifically Jonah going to, to meet the, the great fish, all right? So both, both in a boat, both are in storms, okay? If you remember, the, the account of Jonah is that he is in a boat. He, he Jonah is running away from God, if you remember, okay? Jonah is running away from something that God has called him to do, and he's in a boat, and he's with all these other guys, and, and then also, not only is he in a boat, and not also is there only, is there also a storm, but both storms are described almost exactly the same, and then also... Jonah and Jesus are both what? Asleep. They're both asleep. Think. I mean, think about. Think about. I I mean, you you got. I gotta believe that. Like, as the disciples are sharing this story with people, like in the days after, you know, that other people are like, "Wow, this sounds like Jonah. Sounds like." I mean, Jesus was asleep for real. Was he like setting this up? Like, what was going on? Is he trying to like you know do some kind of like recreation of Jonah? Where were the cameras? So both were sleeping, and both say that they're going to die. In both situations, the people think they're going to die, and in both situations, Jonah and Jesus both know that they're going to die, or need to die, or they think they need to die in Jonah's situation. In both, both situations, God intervenes to calm the storm and does so through somehow the connection of that person. So in Jonah's story, Jonah looks at the guys and, and he basically says, you're going you're gonna to have to throw me out of the boat. It's, it's because of me. If I die, you will live kind of thing. So both of them are in a boat. And, and, and also, if you read both accounts, both were both in both situations, the people on the boats are terrified after the storms, after God calms the storms. I'll read this little passage to you, Jonah 1.12. This is where Jonah says to the guys that he's with, He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you, and I know, I know it because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. It is because of Jonah that this great storm had come upon him. Jonah looks at them and he says, you got to throw me Out of the boat. This is how we get out. Jonah says, if I die, you will live. And they throw him out. Well, that's not how the account with Jesus goes, right? We see that completely different. The account with Jesus. Jesus stays in the boat. Jesus stands up. Jesus tells the wind and the sea to be calm and still, and it is. Jonah doesn't lose his life, but he's willing to give it. Jonah doesn't have. Uh, Jesus doesn't have to give his life for the sea to calm because he is the creator, but he too will also give his life. In fact, Matthew twelve forty one, there is a statement that Jesus makes where he says something. There's something greater than Jonah, something greater than Jonah is here, and he's talking about himself. He's saying, Jesus is saying in Matthew 12, "I am the better Jonah. I am the better Jonah. Jesus will come to still the waves. Jesus will come." and destroy all destruction. He will break all brokenness. He will kill death. Jesus could do this because he was the perfect sacrifice. He willingly went to the cross like Jonah, but he's the better Jonah. I want to read this excerpt to you if you don't mind. Uh, This is a a book by Tim Keller called King's Cross. And... uh, and it is a story on the life of Jesus, but it is based on the book of Mark. This is a great book. I mean, this is, a, this is one of those books that, like, you think it's probably just a, a book that's talking about Jesus' life or whatever. And yes, it is. But it's actually a great, like, if you wanted to personally, like, go through uh, your own Bible study on the book of Mark uh, to read along as you're reading through the book of Mark. Great, great stuff. Uh, and I don't know if Tim Keller's ever written a, a bad book, to be honest with you. Uh, but but I want to read this excerpt where he's talking about this specifically. I was gonna, and, and there's a couple other things that I've borrowed out of this, uh, and I always like to share that just for resources and and because I'm not that smart, and I want everybody to know it. Um, but uh, it says here in this in this passage uh, on on this passage of scripture out of Mark four, it says, "I'm the true Jonah." He meant this. someday, I'm going to calm all storms still all waves, I'm going to destroy destruction, break brokenness, kill death. How can He do that? He can do it only because when He was on the cross, He was thrown willingly, like Jonah, into the ultimate storm, under the ultimate waves, the waves of sin and death. Jesus was thrown into the only storm that could actually sink us. I'll read that again. Jesus was thrown into the only storm that can actually sink us. What's that? Sin and death. The storm of eternal justice of what we owe for our wrongdoing. The storm wasn't calmed, not until it swept him away. You know, I think for us this morning, I think. Again, in these moments where we are riding on the storm, we find ourselves asking these questions of God, where did you go? Are you still here? Do you care? And the truth is, is He has never left or forsaken us. And not only that, but He has paid the price and He has endured the worst storm of all that He could take from us sin, and death. That we might have life. That if we have faith, if we believe, God will do something great. He will save us. He will change us. Scripture teaches He makes us into a new creation. Changes our life. That's a little scary for us, isn't it? Kind of like, well, you know, there's a lot of things about the old life I really love. Let me just tell you this. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that we really love. Usually, usually it's sin, and, 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 and there's usually reasons why we like sin. It, it feels good. It, you know, it sounds good. It has all the allure of good, good, good. But, but the truth is that we know this about sin is that sin of itself destroys. Sin causes Destruction. And God has a plan, He has a will, and it, is, and it is strong, and it is better than the one that we can come up with. God doesn't pick things to be sin so that He can hold them over our head or something. He loves us, He cares for us, and He's looking at us through the eyes of a loving Father, and He's saying, don't, don't go there. Don't go there, I don't want you to be hurt. I want to comfort you, and I want to be enough. And He is. He is enough. He is enough. If we, if we have the mind to understand that what Christ has done for us, we won't wonder if He cares. We won't wonder if He's abandoned us. If we keep the gospel in the forefront of our minds and our lives and in our hearts, we will constantly be reminded of who he is, what he's done for us, and then we will be reminded, oh my gosh, he loves me more than anything. You might be sitting here today and you're going, I don't think God's going to love me more than anything. Because of all the stuff I've done in my past, I'm just here to tell you that he does. He does and he sent his son to die for you sent His Son to die for you that you might believe in Him. That your faith might be strong. That you might know that love that only comes from God, that peace that only comes from Him, that surpasses all understanding, that changes our life. And one day, Jesus will return to still all storms for eternity. He's not done. He he is not done. If you don't think that he couldn't calm the wind and the sea, I can't wait to see him Chuck Norris roundhouse kick all of creation into order like that. That's coming. That's coming. All storms for eternity, dead. I'll make that clear. Hopefully. It's oh, a good dying sound. I don't, I don't we can be reminded of his love for us, the love that calms the seas from the one that created them. Uh, Keller shared this, and I, it's too good, and I, I couldn't even come up with one better, so I'm just going to share it. You think, think about this you're falling off a cliff. You're like, what? Where did we go to that, right? But let's just say you're falling off a cliff, and on, on your way down, you see a branch. You see a branch. And, and you think to yourself, you know what? That branch may save my life. I'm going to grab onto that branch, right? You know, what, what you're thinking in your mind is, is that's, there's a chance. And, and, as, and as you're falling and you grab that branch, you're really not spending a whole lot of time thinking about, is that branch going to be enough? All you're thinking about is, there's a branch and I'm giving it a shot. We're not wondering if it will save us. We're hoping that it will. And the truth is, is that we're going to put our foot... We're going to put our faith in it, and we're going to try. You see, the truth is, is our faith isn't what saves us. It's the object of our faith that saves us. We can't earn it. My faith can't be so strong that it saves me. I need Jesus to do that for me. Jesus is the one that was the perfect sacrifice. He's the one that went to the cross. He's the one that gives me my faith. He's the one that strengthens it. At some point, you've got to step out and believe. You don't get it through os- osmosis. You don't get it through just going to church enough. I'm just here to tell you, at some point in your life, Scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts shows us that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. And I'm here today to say, if that's you, if you're sitting here today, and I don't care if you've played the church game all your life, because I did that for the first half of my life, and played that game, and one day woke up and was like, oh, I'm not really a Christian. I just know all the Christianese. I'm just here to tell you. Nobody will celebrate more God truly saving your life than than this body of believers, than the people that love you. If God's calling to you, come to me. I'm saying today, run to Him. Run to Him. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. And who is this? Who is this Jesus? That's the question that the deacons, that the the deacons, that 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 the disciples were asking the disciples were asking, What is who is this guy? They're in the boat, they're terrified. He just called the seas. Here's who he is: Colossians 1:16 says so. It says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Well, no wonder he can tell them what to do. He made them. But for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. (laughs) That's amazing. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. In other words, that He might be set apart as something special. Above all creation. I think that's I think that's saying something. So I ask you this question. What do you need faith in God for right now? What do you need faith in God for right now? I guarantee you, there's not a person sitting and in hearing this right now that can't, that couldn't come up with something that they couldn't use some faith from the Lord in right now. How could He help you have faith in Him to trust Him through what? Is it a storm? Is it believing for the first time ever in your life that Jesus truly is the Savior of the world and that He loves you and that He wants to change your life? That He wants to forgive you of your sin? Is that that it? I didn't ask you, what do you want faith in God for? I'm asking you, what do you need? Faith. In God for. We are all riders on a storm. But here's the beauty of it. We're riding in a boat where the captain is not just captain of the boat, but he is captain and Lord over all. We can trust in that. Our hope is in that. What Jesus has done, He's done once and for all. and He's done it because He loves us. If you've never trusted in Him, I'm praying that you do today. We'll be down here to talk during the service, after the service, whatever. Listen to the Lord and what He's saying to your heart. Believer, Christian, what is it that you're struggling with faith in right now? To trust in following Jesus through something in life. What is it? What is it that you're not following Jesus in in life right now? I'm, I'm here to tell you, that might be the thing that, that completely changes your life in some way that God may want to use it to do just a, some amazing things in this world through you. I'm praying that you'll, that you'll seek that. I'm praying that you'll follow him through that. I'm praying that, we all, I'm praying that we will do that as a church. We've got some big decisions ahead of us as a church. I'm praying that we'll do that as a church. I'm praying that we'll have the faith to believe in what he wants to do And I believe we will, but I want him to lead us through it. Let's pray together. God, I pray that we wouldn't want to do it our way. I pray that we would want to do it your way. And God, oftentimes that is not comfortable to us. God, I pray that we just follow you. I pray that we would believe. God, help us. Help us to be faithful. Help us to believe. Help us to have faith. God, I pray that you would make our faith strong. God, I pray that you would make it unwavering. God, do a work in us that comes from you and not from ourselves. Not from us trying to do enough Bible study. Not from us trying to go to church enough. God, do a work that comes from you. Because of who you are, change us. Make us more like you. Lord, save those who are teetering in their faith right now to believe in you. God, do that work in them. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen.